we are at our very best and we are happiest when we fully engage in the work we enjoy on the journey toward the goal we've established ourselves. It gives meaning to our time off and comfort to our sleep. It makes everything else in life so wonderful, so worthwhile. Earl Nightingale everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the second episode of Pixel Pino's podcast. Today we're going to be taking a look at the question, is retro game collecting too expensive and inflated? Examining this question, I've taken under advisement other opinions, other content, and reviews in my first year back into game collecting since about 2003. First, I find it important to define what my opinion is and maybe the general opinion of what is considered retro gaming. I derive my opinion based upon my years of experience, along with more serious and significant collecting this last year. Uh, I recently shaped by my communities that I participate in, such as personal relationships with other game collectors and gamers, uh, my patronage at local shops and online stores, and as well as social media groups like Facebook and Instagram. A quick search on Wikipedia under retro gaming it turns up the results for the years spanning from 1970 to circa 2000s. So, with my experience and with that Wikipedia timeline there, I find that I agree with the span noted by Wikipedia. So, I take the position that Sega Dreamcast, Nintendo GameCube, Sony PlayStation 2, and the original Xbox by Microsoft are the lineup of consoles that end cap the retro year span. So when examining the Nintendo Wii, PlayStation 3, and the Xbox 360, yet they're approaching retro status, I still find them to be sort of a modern classification. Um, a big separation of online connectivity between the two. In um, the previous m mentioned modern consoles, they were integrated for online connectivity and they had built-in Wi-Fi. Whereas the NCAP consoles still required hardwired modems or had no access to the internet whatsoever. Beyond being retro, this was also the last year the game world had fully self-contained games for the most part, free from online accounts, having online profiles and avatars, and the biggest thing is downloadable content, otherwise, DLC, otherwise known as DLC. So retro gaming simply connected you to a story, gameplay, and provided a simple and beautiful medium of entertainment. Now that we've set a baseline for the discussion and defined what retro gaming is, let's take a further look at that question. Is retro game collecting too expensive and inflated? Well, it seems to be a question leaning on the negative point that retro gaming collecting is too expensive. Each console over the years has had its good games, hidden gems, rare finds, and simple fodder of poorly executed games. However, I believe that most people lean on bashing the library from the Nintendo Entertainment System, otherwise known as the NES. You know, we could point out games like Stadium Events, Nintendo World Championship, and Little Samson. 
Those start around 1000 and go for upwards of 30000 plus. The library also has a good amount of games that are $100 to $1,000. And then below that we have a great deal and a great range of games from $1 to $99. I think the next important perspective to take into uh, mind is the quality of games, the rarity as well as the popularity. Many of these games have a built-in reputation uh, in one of the categories or a combination of the categories. But where does this argument start? Does it come from the determined game collector of over a decade slowly seeing the price of used games climbing? Maybe the pessimistic sentiment of the nostalgia gamer looking to relive their childhood but didn't realize this hobby had gained such popularity and demand? Or maybe it's the modern gamer enticed by the console their older sibling took away to college and they're looking to replace it. I speculate it's a melange of all these things and other influences. I think any given day that these different people from different backgrounds experience frustration with the price of their favorite games. We question why an NES with two controllers and Mario Duck Hunt are the same prices they were in the 90s when they were new, maybe on clearance, but still. I've heard different complaints about the price that rest on these points, yet the opinions don't seem to be open to debate. The conclusion has been made, and the discouraged prosecute collectors, store owners, eBay, all without giving the other side the opportunity for cross-examination on the issue. In the most rudimentary way, doesn't it boil down to supply and demand? Limited supply with high demand drives prices up. And to drive prices down, we need more supply. But how do we do that with discontinued games and consoles? We can't increase the supply. We can preserve and restore game consoles and add more functioning units to the open market, but we cannot increase the number of units produced ever. Only the manufacturer can do so, and the supply is locked in to the amount that was made. Some games are subject to deterioration and cannot be restored, such as disc games. With the issue of disc rot, we find discs that uh, have lost data and cannot be played. We can emulate and burn new discs or reproduce cartridges, um, but that, that's a legal field that uh, I won't step into.